Welcome to Movies Are Live. I'm your host, Nathan Chandler, and I'm really excited about today's podcast because joining me are three of my closest friends to discuss the 2021 film adaptation of the Tony and Grammy award-winning musical, Dear Evan Hansen. How are you guys doing? Are you ready to discuss this riveting musical? I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of us, and I'll have everybody intro themselves here in a second. But just to give, if listeners aren't familiar with this uh, musical, um, the music, the original stage musical opened on Broadway at the Music Box Theater in December of 2016. Um, everyone probably recognizes it because it's the musical with a young teenager with the cast on. If you didn't know what it was about, Evan Hansen is a high schooler with social anxiety and he unintentionally gets caught up in a lie after the family of a classmate who committed suicide mistakes one of Hanson's letters for their son's suicide note. Did did you guys follow that? <laughs> a laugh riot. Is that decided awesome? to make fun of this important film about teen suicide. <laughs> <laughs> so I was curious because um, I knew it won lots of awards, but um, it was at the 71st Tony Awards, which was hosted uh, by Kevin Spacey. So that's aged really well, you know. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but uh it was it was nominated for nine awards winning six including best musical best book best score best actor for ben platt and best featured actress for rachel bay jones i'm not super familiar with her but she was evan's mom Heidi. okay okay uh this film adaptation was released on september 24th 2021 it was a box office disappointment and received negative reviews from critics. This what? along, yeah, I, no. surprise, I know. <laughs> this along with soft ticket sales caused by the pandemic uh, became no. became the leading factors that would cause both the Broadway and West End production to close. So, oh. uh, yeah, according to Wikipedia, I, I did a little research here. The show will close on September 18th, 2022, which means at the time of this recording is two days from now. So apparently, guys, we have time. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was a little ironic that we ended up on this movie not knowing that it was going to uh, close uh, close soon. So. So there's a total of four of us. I thought uh, before we jump into the conversation that each of us could introduce ourselves, but also maybe kind of give a little background uh, of your relationship to this movie. So whether or not you've seen the stage play, if you've seen the movie before or both. So um, I'll, I'll let Kyle uh, jump us off. Yeah, I'm uh, Kyle Radford. I have been on the podcast before. So if you were here for the first episode, you've heard my nasally drone before. Um, I love musicals. My wife and I have season tickets to Broadway in Austin. And so I have seen this. We saw it uh, a couple of years ago when it came to town. And um, I really enjoyed it on this on the stage. Um, my friend, my uh, past and future guest, Brandon McMinn, actually is a it was a big fan of just the soundtrack. And he tried to get me into the soundtrack before I saw the musical. And the soundtrack really didn't do it for me but then seeing it on stage I, I really liked it and kind of that got me into it um and and then i saw the first trailer for this movie and i was like oh that looks real bad and, uh, and then the reviews came out and i'm like well i'm not gonna see i'm not gonna see that so uh, i i only watched it because of this podcast and, and uh, i will forever blame you for that night <laughs> <laughs> all right todd what what about you Hey, y'all, I'm Todd Ferguson. Um, so I 
had heard great things about the musical. I've not seen the musical, but my niece, my brother, my sister-in-law, they saw it. They've got season tickets in Houston to Broadway across America. Um, and so I was on a plane last year, earlier this year, and it was one of my entertainment features. So I put it on, uh, watched it on the plane. And I remember getting off and being back home and telling my wife, Emma, wow, this like Tony award-winning musical, it was really bad. And <laughs> like, I, and I, I felt like I was supposed to like it and I felt really guilty for not liking it. Um, so yeah, that that's my experience with this. And so I rewatched it this week, um, but I could only do it in like 30 minute chunks just because <laughs> of life, but also because I couldn't stomach it. So. <laughs> Good to know. Okay. And uh, Abel. Uh, hi, I'm Abel Cass, um, long time listener, first time caller. And uh, <laughs> I... <laughs> I'm probably the least like musical like fan uh, of the group. I have enjoyed, you know, a few. Uh, music Music Man was like the last great one that I remember. Was that recent? How long ago was? Abel Cass. If, I, how dare you? I, this I, man I, watched Moulin Rouge. I, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> on repeat in college. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. So it's not that bad. But uh, yeah, that, yeah, I definitely <laughs> have seen the fewest stage of performances of the group. And um, yeah, it was, you know, kind of this this whole um, thing, this whole show and this whole movie was kind of very much in my peripheral uh, vision when it was all happening. Um, I I can't even begin to fathom how it won all the awards that it did after having only seen the movie. <laughs> I, the young man who led the thing has a very pretty voice. And aside from that, I think I've done offering positive feedback. Which young man? I don't remember a young man leading the movie. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, well to give a little, so I, I, hadn't seen the movie and then i i think i, I want to say it was earlier this year probably in january i think it came to oklahoma city and we got a chance to go see it on the stage uh i feel like i was a little mixed on it in person because um i think at that time i forget which variant was starting to become rampant but that was the first time i felt like i needed to really wear a mask again and like with all these people and uh, I, I was just kind of, I was very much on high alert during the performance. So I think that kind of tainted it a little bit. And I remember this one girl that was near me and I could almost, I could almost hear her thoughts as it was going. She just coughed a little bit, just like when you have a little cough, but then she got really kind of paranoid about it and then she couldn't stop herself. And so she kept, you know, and she finally got a hold of it, but it just made me on edge the whole time. And so that was going on as I was watching the musical and I probably messaged you guys, but I was, I was a little, I, I didn't completely hate the stage musical. I was a little bit, uh, a little perplexed why it had gone so many rave reviews that it did. Um, but also I kind of, I was kind of mixed on like, you know, was this just, just my state of being, you know, when I was there. And so I was a little curious about this movie, especially because, uh, I, I, you guys were kind of making fun of the music a little bit. I, I, I like a lot of the songs of it. 
And so I was just curious more so of like, okay, how are they going to adapt, you know, adapt this to film, which, um, and I'm not, not. (laughs) it didn't happen. It's still waiting to see. (laughs) It's a pretty, I mean, what do you guys think? I thought it was a pretty almost, I mean, if you want to say if it's faithful to its source material, I, I felt like it was pretty, I mean, it's almost like, maybe ver- verbatim from stage do you remember kyle like at well in what in what sense i mean they cut like four songs um, they did okay um they, they they pretty much made evan the main character which i mean the whole musical opens with a song between the two moms mm-hmm. and and evan's mom is a much bigger character they also cut a song at the end towards the end that she sings and the friends sing kind of calling him out on his crap um <laughs> So I, I, for that, they made Larry the stepdad for some reason, which he's not the stepdad in the play. But I will say, I, I do agree that, I mean, there's, it's so funny that at the end, there's a choreography credit. Like, for what? <laughs> All the songs are just people staring at each other. The only song that has any energy is Sincerely Me, which I think is the mm-hmm. most energetic song in the play as well. Mm-hmm. But that one, they kind of break, break reality and do a little, like, dance number. And, you right. know, in the library, and, and they're doing go karts. To be to be clear, part of the movie. Yes, yeah, so that's, that's the that's the Huey Lewis and the News tune with the recently departed. Is that what we're yes, referring that's to? What, and in and in the in the play, he play he's much he's much bigger. Um, like the ghost of Connor mm-hmm. appears to Evan a lot, and is like trying to convince him, hey carry on, you know, don't keep me alive. Keep my story alive. Don't let this die. Like Evan's the one that comes up with the Connor project, I think not somebody else. And there's another song I think called disappear that, that Connor sings. So it's much more, there's, it's more than just Evan accidentally falling into everything. I feel like he's got a lot more agency Mm -hmm. in the play, but he also uh, leaving the play. he, He comes off a little worse because he never, uh, when the Murphys say that they don't want him at the end to to say it was him that did it, um, he takes them up on that and never admits to mm-hmm. the public that he's the one that uh, that lied the whole time. Wow! So it's uh, a completely different story. <laughs> <laughs> but we but it is, it is a lot of people just singing illness. at each other. Like it's not dancing and and it's not a tr- like a big Broadway musical. It's just a bunch of people on stage talk talking to each other. So I, I think they really made a misstep in saying, okay, well in this scene we'll just have Evans sing at them on the couch because you're sitting here as this weird old man sings at these people <laughs> who just kind of flatly stare back at him. It's just it's mind boggling. Yeah, I I compare. I, I forgot uh, exactly what song it was, but it's uh, in the kitchen uh, with uh, Connor's sister, and they're singing. And I, I compared it to. I felt like it's different when you're watching it in person, at, like in a musical. So even though visually not a lot's going on, even though they have the kitchen as the background, you know, it's it's the stage, it's their vocal performance. So like you're into the characters there. And so um, they did play a little bit with the flashbacks in this movie, but it was funny. I was like, I'm literally watching two people sing to each other in an Ikea store. That's mm-hmm. how it felt like to me. And it, it just surprised me, especially with the cast that um, they have, that they just uh, just weren't a little bit more imaginative with it. Like the Sincerely Me 
uh, section. Like that was that was the first time I was like, oh, okay, you, you know, you can have kind of fun with this medium. And it's almost like they were like, oh, Ben Platt and this music, they'll they'll just carry it for us. And that's kind of how I felt like this film approached the whole story. That yeah, I think yeah. absolutely. Like they expected Ben Platt to carry the entire thing. And well, he always has the executive producer. Exactly. I read that um, this week. You know, because his performance needed to be immortalized on film. That's why they went with him despite his age. He's right. not and the only like, Tony winner. They didn't put the other lady in the film. <laughs> right. I, I mean, it's, I think, yeah, that it was horribly miscast. Yeah. With and, his character. And, 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 and I, and I enjoy Ben Platt. I think he's been good in the things that I've seen him in, but for some reason it did not translate in his mind. Maybe like I felt like he was performing just like he did when he was on the stage, which obviously when you're on a stage, you're, you know, you're having to perform to the person in the very back row who can barely see you. <laughs> and I felt like he was doing that in this movie, but it's a lot different when the camera is like close up on your face. And so I, I was almost a little surprised that that was lost in translation uh, for, you know, for him, but um, yeah, all those, you're right. All those ticks and exaggerated motions. It was such a stage performance, which when there's a camera right in your face, I mean, you can't do that. I just, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the one moment where he is, uh, and I'm sorry, I'm forgetting uh, Connor's sister's name, but when he's first talking to her in the hallway and he, he can't like uh, touch her hand and the way he runs, uh, runs off from her <laughs> and like embarrassment or whatever. I, 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 I laughed, I laughed out loud. Like I think Whitney might've been asleep by, <laughs> beside me and she woke up because it was so like, it felt like he was like to be younger. He felt like he had to hunch his shoulders over the yes. whole time. Yeah. And so it's like, maybe if my shoulders are by my ears, nobody can tell how old I actually am. I mean, the makeup and the shaggy hair. And I heard he like lost weight to appear younger, but if you're, you should have like a baby face. You don't want to lose weight. You're just a gaunt old man. I think he her had wrinkles. He literally had wrinkles. And granted, I mean, I got wrinkles. And I'm 40. You know, like <laughs> Well, and I, I, I don't I think just, him and him and the 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 girl that played Zoe and uh, uh Devers. What's her name? Something Devers. Um mm -hmm. oh gosh, I'm forgetting her name. I don't think they're that far Anything. off an age, but she can play no. high school. Some people yeah, can uh, play high school, some people can't. Yeah, Caitlin, uh Caitlin, yeah. Caitlin, Dave, Dever, Dever, yeah. I have to say, as grown worthy as that scene is, um, it might have been the most convincing. As as the the resident expert, I've been in K twelve public education since two thousand six. I've seen that that kid run off in that that situation before. Uh, so that that might have been the most convincing part of the. the part <laughs> Did of you not like this because yeah. it felt like going to work? <laughs> And not not at all. Seen. So, like in in every other respect, I feel like I really need to make it clear to everybody: this is not what high school is like anywhere. <laughs> well, and it, it's made a, for TV movie. Yeah, it's it's a little bit almost kind of like uh, when you're watching it, and obviously we're all in our forties uh, now. But when you're starting to watch it, and even I got this sense when I was watching the musical of like, okay, there's art now that's being produced that's not for me. Right. Like, you know, and so like it's for, you know, younger generations. But then I feel like it's almost a, a, 
I like the fact that it's bringing to light, you know, mental health issues that exist in this world. And, but I feel like it's almost like a fever dream of somebody who thinks this is what the world is like with mental, mental health issues. Do you guys follow me there? Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, part, part of what made me actually angry by the end of the film, right. After I got past the, the goofiness and after I got past the like poor, I think, you know, just shot composition and everything that we've talked about, like there's a whole song where they're sitting at a kitchen table and the most interesting thing that happens is he stands up. Um, I mean, all of those things once you got past all of that and got you know through through the drudge of the story with characters that um you know kind of didn't feel important uh, at some point like the you know uh, who was the friend uh jerry alana, alana, oh, alana. The, I, that that feels like this that should have been a, a bigger part and there was they were trying to do something more complex with the story there where she's recognizing that she has her own like well, and that song's new state they added in the, that. the story i i don't whatever when all yeah. of that's said and done the thing that made me angry by the end is that this is actually like really serious topics that they're they're dealing with and it's such a poor representation in general just a a a, a really sad piece of art to deal with with you know, such serious, serious topics that they, they really do, you know, plague a lot of a lot of students, especially, uh, you know, something that's released in September of 2021, especially in that environment, you know, we, uh, again, as a, as a K-12 public ed person, you know, the first semester back in schools, we, we had hallways filled with kids who were having panic attacks, um, you know, just just on the regular, just, that was a, a common occurrence, whereas it used to be something that only a few students got sent to the counselors for so in that in that setting right in, in that play in, in this place and time to to kind of flippantly deal with uh some of these topics just it made me upset by the end <laughs> in addition yeah, and to I just kind of be dis disappointed in the film i don't think either version abel is is super successful in that i you know i i don't think I I, just, I think it's this is older people writing what they think kids sound like tackling a topic that they are not qualified to tackle, and it, and it feels weird. And I joked about it earlier to make fun of this because it's so serious and it seems like it should be handled um, with such a more deft hand than it is uh, than this stupid musical with this you know unlikable lead character doing these these things that aren't realistic and then, and then resolving in a, in a ridiculous manner. Uh, it just, it doesn't, but this guy also, you know, this guy is the director is the guy that wrote the perks of being a wall wallflower, which I think is a fantastic movie about like growing up and kind of being an outsider. How can you be so dialed in here? And then three years later, five years later, whatever, just completely miss the mark. Yeah. Well, why do you why do you all think that it captured? Because um, I think it's definitely a musical. I mean, I knew about it before we went and saw it, and when we had the chance to get tickets, it was like, oh, awesome! This is great. Like, and, you know, uh, it, it's I don't know, maybe it's a musical quite for our 
like this past decade, but it's one of the ones that have stood out a little bit more. Sure. Uh, so why do you, th- why do you think it captured, you know, the pop pop culture's attention or, you know, why, why do you think it was so successful? Not before the film, because obviously the film has kind of destroyed his reputation a little bit, but. I, for me, I think it's two things. Um, one, I actually like the music in it. The, um, the songs are, if, if I didn't, if I wasn't watching something, I should have listened to the soundtrack on its own. Mm-hmm. The music is actually really beautiful. Um, so I think that's one, it's just the music quality. Um, two, I do think it resonates with people who have social anxiety. And like Abel was saying from the you know, K-12 side, I, I see Evan Hansen's on my college campus. Um, I see kids with severe social anxiety or ticks even like when he does the tick thing, I'm like, Oh yeah, I've seen students. I know students. I've had them in my office. Um, and so I think it resonates with a group that struggles with that. Um, it might be even like, a not to play lightly on the word, but like a me too, like, Oh, someone else is in that boat. But still, Evan Hansen is not a likable character. <laughs> so yeah. I just want to say, like, some and 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 so if we combine those two things, if we combine, like, I agree with you, Todd. Like the 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 reality of this is a, a real thing that a lot of students are dealing with, right? A lot of young people, and or what Kyle's saying about like this kind of fever dream about what an older person thinks that experience is like. I feel like one of the one of the few highlights of the movie for me was Julianne Moore's song uh that that hits real real hard so big so small great song about being a mother and and what that experience was like and how she has committed long term uh you know kind of despite all of the the challenges and i i think that that moment potentially you know not not being in any of the creators heads here that that might been might have been the closest that we got to the authentic like like this is the experience that I'm closest to, right? Uh, as as a creator. Well, and I think that's where they really made a misstep by focusing so much on Evan, and and taking his mom out of it because his mom's such a big part of the play, and then her story culminating in that song, I think, is really important. And I think that's probably that probably resonated with a lot of audiences, adult. You know, this these are this is an older crowd they're going to a broadway show an older affluent crowd going to a broadway show i think that really resonated with them and then to to wipe that out and just to have her have this one song at the end that's still a great song i mean when i listen to the soundtrack sometimes i skip that song because it makes me so sad mm-hmm. um I, I think i and just and just clue in on this character that's unlikable and is doing these awful things and it isn't is a weird performance and then with a version of high school that I'm sure doesn't resonate with, with kids because they they see artifice they can they know what I mean they see the all the cringe worthy so fake social media stuff in this. I mean, kids look at that and they're like, that's not that's fake. I like I have no interest in this, and you know, and and so they just write it off, and so the movie fails yeah. completely. I so we, we've we've highlighted the music a lot, and I'm curious as someone who doesn't 
listen to as many musicals as you do. I like the the music was beautiful. You know, he sings very well, and um, as as the one who has the most, uh, as Evan having the most, you know, parts there. It it's not traditional musical music though, right? Like it, these aren't earworms. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of this. I don't know. I don't want to say a new style of of Broadway musical that's much more like poppy rock songs or you know guitar music, less melody um involved you know it's not a you don't have a full orchestra playing um which i i really don't like a lot of the more modern musical stuff you know i like a big i like a i want a i want an orchestra in the pit i want a ballad i want people singing their hearts out i actually don't really like these guys uh they the guys that did this did the greatest showman which i don't really like that music they also I think wrote the La La Land songs, which I hated La La Land. And I I think that music is completely unforgettable or completely forgettable. So I, I like I said, when I first just listened to this as a soundtrack, it it didn't catch on to me. I needed the emotion of seeing it on stage to draw that in to when I'm listening to the songs. Um I like I still though I think Requiem is gorgeous. That's my favorite song in the in the musical. And I thought it actually came through pretty well in the movie too. Uh, I appreciate that. You just threw that little jab in about La La Way and it just kind of skipped over and kept talking about something else. As if <laughs> it was, I think it was interesting uh, to see how jazz was invented in LA though. <laughs> By Ryan Wait a second. Well, um, if seeing the stage play, they they actually do a really pretty amazing job with the technology that incorporates uh the story as far as the messaging goes and uh and so in a so it's a little hard to kind of even speak about like how that translates uh through this podcast but like whatever the film decided to try to emulate I thought was pretty horrible. <laughs> like, especially like one of the most like pivotal scenes uh, of the whole story <clears throat> is the song. You will not be found. And you will be found. You will be. That's, found. A, that's right. a whole Sorry. different message. Nate, you will not be found. <laughs> that's, we don't want to get that out to the kids. That's the, that's the, was the Trevor project, but it, but it doesn't get better. <laughs> my apologies this is what happens when you go off in notes when you're like making them in the middle of the night and uh you know not 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 reading them over again but um, hot take nate chandler says you will not be found <laughs> you will not <laughs> but uh nobody's coming evan I, like that that moment in the stage play was really effective and the the way that uh they use the lights and kind of some of the visuals. Uh, it really came to life, but the way the movie translated this moment was horrible. I, I know it's a little hard with a musical when you're trying to kind of separate reality from the musical side of things. But like, to me, this movie never really explained what he said. I guess you're supposed to assume the song is what he said on the stage to get such a following. But just when it like started doing I just felt like we were in a PSA all of a sudden with all the images of all the kids talking about the movie and how it <laughs> became the I most was shocked. <laughs> I was shocked when that started like the, the popping most up on screen. The mosaic like, of it all. Yeah. I um it's like a bad commercial. Yeah. And so I, I just really thought the film just lost its footing of just like 
it, it was such a pivotal moment, but it was, um, I don't know if Kyle, if you remember like on stage, it was a song, but it also you get the sense of like, it was like what he was saying and it just, it just completely, uh, completely missed the mark. Well, I feel like it in a stage show, there's so much more suspension of disbelief because you're imagining the set in a, in a lot of it. You've got the people there that are walking off, off stage and, you know, and, and, there's a there's usually there's more choreography there's definitely more choreography there and there's only about 10 people on stage at any time you know like some, it's a 10 person cast. well it's but choreography like you know the 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 ensemble is is walking around and standing in different ways you know and you've got high school students walking around in a in a choreographed way and so but there's a level of artifice that you buy into and so when people start singing it's a lot different than a movie that is played so straight and then someone just starts singing. And yeah, and so you got this, the guy, and, and for a movie that is over two hours long, I can't believe they cut songs out of it. Cause after that, after waving through a window, it's a while until you get the second song. I, I actually mean, it's not paid, a sung through musical. Yeah, like, I actually paid attention to that. It wasn't until like the 25 minute mark that it, another song came in. Cause yeah. Yeah. So when he starts singing, you will be found again. It's, 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 there's no flow to it. It's just bursts of song that really don't make any sense. And yeah, that for the big emotional number, I think that's the end of act one in the, in the play. And it was, it was really bad. I don't really love that song anyway, though. Talking about lack of flow. I actually rewound and and I, is that so? I don't whatever. Flipped back, right? Skipped back. No, you you, uh, you got the the VHS. Just the tracking. You, you hit the ten whatever. second button about twenty seven times. I mean, I got the. I'm old enough that I got the Doogie Howser reference at the beginning of the movie, right? I so I, I rewound because. In the first song, right? He's in the school. There is a a hard transition, a hard cut, and a distinct train. Is was the was the version of the film that I'm watching as jarring? Like, was was there something missing there? This is me. Like, you probably need to cut this, Nathan, because I'm just honestly asking you this point. It was such a awkward transition in film. That I I didn't know if it was intentional or if part, part of the film was. Missing. I mean, I know the first song, but like, what transition? First song, he he ends in the hallway. The song feels like it's coming to a close. Mm. He does his little like falsetto, whatever, and then it's like they burst into the gymnasium for the pep rally. Oh yeah, well, I mean, the song does crescendo like that. Um... Crescendo. <laughs> Well, it does because he like gets soft and then he like, or then he bursts into like, and then he's walking suddenly through the, through the gym, right? Yes, and it feel yeah. and it, like the way the music was constructed or whatever, right? Like the composition, it feels like two different songs. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I rewound it three times and looked over at my wife uh, who suffered through it with me. And <laughs> oh, you, and you so, I, I, Kayla walked in. She's like, "What are you watching?" And she loved the play. And I was like, "Evan Hansen, keep walking. You don't want to." You don't want any part of this. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad I was able to bring such a such a momentous moment in your in your all's lives. There were there were a few moments where I paused like that and said, "I I just can't believe what I'm watching." I, another one was you know, talking about how unrealistic the tie-ins to what public education looks like. Um, 
you left a student with a student who had just committed suicide, his parents. I thought that's an odd venue, alone. right? <laughs> to bring them in. I, does that not happen a lot? No, there's no way the school administrator does that. There's zero chance. So and uh, well, and, and kids age out at 22, also, right? So what's he doing in there? <laughs> well, and I thought uh, his his name is uh, Danny Pino, uh, and I who played Larry uh, Connor's stepdad, who I I recognized just you know I was looking at his like. IMDb and he's been on lots of I would say serial procedural stuff but like his look completely just did not fit in this movie I mean I think he did a I think all the actors are doing what they can with what was handed to him in this um but like to me I was like he he looked like he stepped off of an NCIS set into this movie he's just like jacked and buff and i i don't know he, he just i don't know why he just really well, like threw me off completely he, their house and his costuming and all was just such like hallmark movie staging <laughs> yeah. flat lighting i i not to be this guy that's like the, the play was different that guy larry has a really good song in the play about breaking in a baseball glove that they cut because i guess it wasn't Aww. about evan so if, wow. if, uh, well, yeah, I mean, so Amy Adams, we haven't even talked about her yet. Oh. And she's one of my all time favorite actresses of all time. Um, she always plays these like naive, innocent p uh, women, you know, like in Enchanted, Junebug, you know, if you've seen that. Um, Sunshine Cleaning. And here, yeah, absolutely. Sunshine Cleaning. Um, and here it broke my heart to see her so sad. I was like, you made Amy Adams cry. <laughs> and that made I, me sad. I mean, she's <laughs> like, I wish she would win all the awards and all the movies. She's like, I'm a huge fan of her. And it was hard for me to watch this because of the sadness coming from that character. She wasn't the innocent, naive, I mean, she was naive a little bit, but. Yeah, she will, and I thought she came off the best. Just one hundred percent, absolutely best performance. Absolutely. Yeah, she. I, I think. I, I think the director and just the script gave it, it was a disservice to her. Like she's asked to do a lot with very little, <laughs> I think. And um, I, 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 I really enjoyed Juliana Moore a, a lot. Mm -hmm. Kyle referenced, you know, uh, her song and everything. And I, I thought, I mean. I thought their presence was real strong, but it's almost kind of like it, it. I don't know. You just feel like uh, it was such great talent. They just squandered it because this. I yeah. mean, I mean, I I knew of this movie, and I know probably when it came out, I was aware of who was in it. But I mean, maybe they they have good PR people because they. I I had forgotten that they were actually in this <laughs> in this movie, you know. And so anyway, <laughs> I just I just feel like they squandered. Uh, uh, a lot of a lot of good talent i, I actually liked uh the actor who played uh connor i mean he's not in it mm -hmm. a whole lot in this movie but i thought for the little time that he was in it he to me he seemed believable as this as this character yeah i wish uh, they would have i wish they would have kept the whole like ghost of connor thing that they had in the in the stage play they also softened him in this like in the play connor's just kind of a jerk like they don't give him this 
real mm. tragic backstory. He's just yeah. he's just an a hole. Yeah, and like there's no rehab thing at the end where Evan finds out about like reads all Connor's favorite books and yeah. and finds a video of him playing the guitar. Like that song's new. None of that happens. Like Connor's just kind of a jerk. That it oh. it makes it more interesting. Like okay, mm -hmm. what what does this family do that has this 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 bad kid of a son who kills himself, and now they're trying to reconcile that, like. The sister talks about what a monster he was, but they never in the in the movie they never really reconcile that. There's the awkward song where he admits that from the description the brother was in love with her. Um, like that song didn't didn't work for me in the in the uh, in the play either. Where Evan talks about all the reasons he loves her and yeah. says it's what Connor said about her. I'm like that's creepy, dude. Like you're that just saying creepy. you you love her and it's her brother. Um, <laughs> but so. Yeah, I, I wish they wouldn't have changed that. I wish they wouldn't have softened that character because it made it so much more interesting. Like they just, they're trying to file off all the edges, I feel like, to make it this nice, neat package. And and that that, that ruins anything interesting about it. We, we already had that movie. It came out a number of years ago. Somebody can correct me here. My wife reminded me that I enjoyed it quite a lot. Um, it talked about this where the concept of leaning was introduced um, in, in the famous Sandra Bullock film, While You Were Sleeping. Follows a lot of the same plot points, but leaves us all feeling a lot warmer and happier at the end of the day. Yeah. Abel, kind of going back to what you were talking about, bringing the parents in, not exactly the same, but he, he gets the USB of this uh, footage of Connor playing this guitar. I was like, what, what, uh, I don't know what you would call it, but what wellness center? What would... treatment center allows people to video therapy <laughs> sessions? And everybody else is surrounding Connor playing the song or just nodding like, mm, this is lovely. Like, and then yeah. post it to the internet and everybody's okay with, yeah. oh, oh, Sally was in treatment I, also. I wonder what I'd she... like to share today. Oh, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. We're setting up the camera. <laughs> Okay, well, so I want to go into a segment. I, I think we've kind of trashed this movie quite a bit. So oh. I thought I thought we would go into not nearly enough. Not nearly enough. We may have given it a little more credit than uh, what it's due, but I thought we could go into. Uh, Kyle's familiar with this, but we're going to go into a movie musing segment. And so these are these are some questions I'm going to throw out to you guys. That just are some things that kind of pop up in my head as I'm watching the movie. Movie musings. What's the biggest physical injury that you've ever had? So in this movie, Evan, uh, did they say breaks his arm, broke his arm? Uh, but yeah, anyway, right. yeah, his, he, he, the very real thing at the end where it turns out he had a suicide attempt and broke his arm, um, which I remember a being a much bigger, a much bigger moment in the play. <laughs> yes, for sure. Uh, have any of you had a, I, I, I've been fortunate enough to, never break anything you know knock on wood i've never had to cast or anything but uh have you guys ever experienced a significant injury like that nothing like no um I've, i'm i'm a little fancy boy and i've never really played sports or hurt myself the only thing i ever did was once we were at a a football game when i was in like junior high and i fell off the bleachers like i fell backwards off of a bleacher and hit my the back of my head on the corner of another bleacher seat like across the aisle and cut my head open and it was just it was bleeding profusely yeah. i was like covered in blood um but my friend had pushed me jokingly and so like i didn't want to tell my dad but i had to go to the ems guy at the football stadium and he made me go tell my dad and i, I, I like walked up covered in blood 
And I was like, dad said, I told him everything's fine, but the EMS guy needs to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What, uh, what about, what about you, Todd? I, I, I know, I know you're prone to um, clumsiness, uh, we could say, but I don't know if you've ever, it's gone to the path. (laughs) My my son, my two-year-old son today dropped something and my wife just looks at me and she's like, he's your kid. (laughs) He's two. (laughs) He's two. And I, I'm clumsy as a two-year-old, but anyway, um, y'all, Abel and Nathan, y'all might remember this. So seventh grade lock-in at church at the courthouse, uh, which the courthouse was the athletic club, not the actual courthouse. Yeah, yeah. I fell down some stairs and- That was, that was definitely not foot. in the seventh grade. That was, was definitely it not in high school. school. Was it high school? Okay. <laughs> Sometime. I clumsily fell down some stairs. I'm pretty uh, sure that was our senior locket. No, it was it was not senior. It wasn't senior. Oh, okay. Um, and chipped a part of my foot. And I remember the youth minister at the time, like no one called, like said, go to the doctor. They were just like, Yeah, just sit here, watch some TV. And I remember it was like two AM. There's a TV and there's boxing on. So I watched boxing for hours as everyone is having fun at this lock-in. And my foot swells to the size of like a volleyball. And so the next morning, my parents picked me up from the lock-in. <laughs> and I'm like, I think I need to go to the doctor. <laughs> uh, our, our, our youth ministers from our hometown, Kyle, had more of the approach of like, you know, uh, just just walk it off. It, you'll just, be yeah, fine. Literally well, they were hoping it, it would go away so they wouldn't get in trouble. But Todd, right. isn't that where you developed your lifelong love of professional boxing? I love boxing. <laughs> Who's your favorite boxer right now, Todd? The one in the ring. <laughs> no, he just loves the sport. Anybody that's fighting, he likes to watch just him. Anybody's fighting. You know, the guy with the gloves. That guy. <laughs> uh, what, what about you, Abel? Yeah, I mean, Kyle said it. We're, we're all fancy boys. That's why we got to be such good friends, I think. Um, I I was going to talk about how I think my brother broke my nose on a on a long, like, family vacation by, like, drop kicking me in the, in the face. Um, but, but instead I want to talk about how I was a junior high football player on the field because Kyle talked about falling out of the stands. Uh, I got, I got popped in the chin on a play. Uh, we had like a leather chin strap, um, you know, cause I guess. We the thirties. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, the we were definitely Texas. <laughs> using equipment, uh, from the thirties, but I had a leather chin strap and I got popped in the chin. And I, I thought like something is definitely wrong. And then several plays later, it kind of went to the sideline and pulled off the chin strap and just huge clots of blood fell onto the field. It was, it was real nasty. Yeah. I still can't grow, grow the beard right there. Oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, uh, on, on a lighter note, what, um, what is uh, Abel's mentioned that he's not a fan of the genre, but uh, what is, what's your favorite musical? Oh my gosh. Hey, what a question. Uh, I don't know. God, you know, someone asked me this the other day, actually, what my favorite musical is. And it's, that's really hard for me. Um, um, come back to me. Okay. Come back to me. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, m- mine, uh, I, I do like musicals as a whole. It's like a nostalgic pick for me for some reason. I, I just grew up and I'm not defending that this is the greatest musical ever, but I grew up on the Newsies uh, movie and I, I, I've just, there's a special place in my heart for those songs. Uh, but um, I, I've also just really, and I, I don't know if I could ever quite like, you know, defend it to the death of being the best musical ever, but I've always really enjoyed Chicago too. I just think uh, some of the songs from that just, I've always really, uh, really stuck with me, but honestly, the true answer as I'm, as I'm talking, I, I, I absolutely love the book of Mormon, which is uh, sacrilegious of me. I know, but like, I, it's the perfect combination of good music, humor, and, dark comedy and so uh, i'm a big fan of that that that's coming to oklahoma city uh in january and so i'm I'm hoping to see it almost yeah. so almost solely to get the reaction of those season ticket holders in oklahoma city who are still somehow unaware of who the south park creators are <laughs> i i absolutely loved book of more when we saw it yeah and i definitely uh remember some people leaving i mean and that that's in austin uh, but I remember people. I remember people leaving the show. That was a great one. Yeah, we saw um, it. In, we saw it in Dallas, and the same thing happened. We we got to witness a fight between a couple. She wanted to leave, and he thought the whole thing was kind of hilarious. And so uh, that was the whole dynamic. Inter- intermission was almost the best part of the whole musical, just to <laughs> see the awkward interactions between all the people. But yeah. We, you know, and we saw, we saw news. I saw newsies on Broadway. That, that was a really good one. Avenue Q is a lot of fun. Um, you know, to be trite, Hamilton's great. I love oh, Hamilton. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was really good. Wicked's kind of the one that got me into musicals on the stage back in the 2000s. Um, but, you know, you really can't beat some of the classics like uh, Sound of Music. Mary Poppins is a mm-hmm. great show. Uh, I really like The Music Man. So it's kind of like, what day of the week is it? Um, I, I just love a good musical. Uh, the best one I've seen recently was Mean Girls. I thought Mean Girls was really good. I've heard just that's a, amazing. A shout out for a new one. I see a lot of new ones that don't really do it for me, but uh, Mean Girls is a lot of fun and has some stuff that reminds me of a kind of an older, old school musical. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I would say for me, if I can do three parts. So traditional uh musical like stage um matilda so emma and i saw it in london blew us away blew us away it was awesome um non-traditional meaning it was not on the stage the muppet movie as not gonna be a surprise to Mm y'all um and then uh nathan you mentioned it the sound of music um i sing those songs to my kids at night so we sing do re mi and favorite things. Nice. Uh, quick story. I watched, it wasn't like super long ago, but I, I've been going through the AFI 100 list. That's so taking me forever. But when I got to the sound of music, uh, I actually, it was a movie I hadn't seen before actually. And I got my family involved. Cause I was like, Hey, this is one we can all watch. And as it's going, we're sitting there. And I think Hayden was probably like in pre-K uh, at the time. And she started singing along with some of the songs <laughs> like the do re mi and stuff like that we all like turned at her like how do you know these so it's funny how those songs that trans really have translated to that uh to that age so yeah mm-hmm. that, that's a good pick what about you abel 
Yeah. I, so if we're going like all stretch non-traditional, um, you know, we like I was a I was a choir fancy boy also. And so I go all the way back to like thinking of Little Mermaid and stuff like that as like, you know, music infused with some kind of visual imagery and having that be a really special experience. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, definitively remember performing some of those songs on stage and having a lot of fun with that as a, a pivotal experience in life. Uh, I think the, you know, as far as like stage productions that uh, the few that I've seen and, and really appreciated, I'll, I'll go with Kyle actually. I, I think we saw a production of Wicked that, um, that was just kind of, kind of epic in a way that none of none of the other musicals that I've seen, which is, you know, not, not very many, um, but, but in a way I was, I was just super impressed with the way that the the production was set up, the way that the stage was used. Um, and, and certainly the way that the, the music not just, you know, wasn't used to just tell the story, but really filled the, the theater. It was, it was, it was kind of cool. That's great. Yeah. I remember, uh, Abel, I don't know if you, you were there, but I remember we went, Kyle and Todd, we met you in Austin to see Wicked. Um, that was a long time ago, but <laughs> Kyle was shaking nope. his head. It wasn't April, you. you weren't invited. You guys it came to Austin me. and saw Wicked and didn't invite me. No, I've only no. seen it once. And I saw no, Caleb. you were you were with us. I promise. I've only you. seen it once, and it was with Caleb. I like I would I know would know if I saw it more than once. We went, and I've only seen it once. And it was with Rihanna. We so. we went to Kirby Lane like the next morning. I do you know? Yo, okay, that's card? that's exactly true. We did go to Kirby Lane because you came and saw Wicked. I did not go with you to see Wicked. You guys went and okay. saw Wicked, and then I was invited to breakfast the next morning. <laughs> Why did we do that, do you? <laughs> I mean, you've never been very nice to me. <laughs> that sounds like us. Yeah, that sounds like us. Yeah. <laughs> we're probably too busy. You just have such a full schedule. You know, I, I've been meaning to ask this whole time. I actually, so, you know, like, I, I didn't get to see Hamilton on stage, uh, but I, I, you know, I did watch the the version that's on Disney plus or whatever and enjoyed yeah. it thoroughly. Yeah. Is there, is there a name for that kind of, of, you know, video production? And if so, it sounds like, why didn't they just do that? I was going to say that earlier. Um, I don't know if there's a name for it. I'm sure there's an official name. I just call it like a, like it's a, a like a filmed, like a filmed stage yeah. play. Yeah. You know, um, uh, I, I would never, I've never touted as the best stage musical ever, but we've, we've owned, I've had Shrek the musical uh, for a long time. That's like that. Mm -hmm. And our kids have loved it for a long time. Also, I, there's a version of rent um, that's out there. I think with the yeah, original and, ca uh, cast, there's, and there's like uh, come from away, which is one I, I, I should have mentioned is one of my favorites come from away is fantastic. And it's a, just a, a, a filmed production. And as yeah, as I was sitting there watching this, I'm like, they should have just done a a well done filmed product like a filmed version of the stage show yeah. because this is bringing nothing more to it. Yeah, and honestly, like probably I, I don't know when this was filmed and how it correlated with you know the pandemic and everything like that, but you could almost done that you know with an empty theater you know with those group of actors and probably even had them safer and. <laughs> all those all those things you know that go along with that but um yeah i i, I want to watch that one that you mentioned kyle because i think that one's on apple and I it's on apple you should watch it i yeah i'd recommend come from away it's it's a great musical and a really good production on apple 
to tie all this up, I'm assuming this isn't a movie that you would recommend uh, to other people. I'm going to say, if you want to see a movie musical that came out the same year as this, go see a director on his game. West Side Story came out the same year as this. Go watch West Side Story. That's a fantastic ad. Yeah, they both came out last year. Oh my gosh! I've, I, for some reason, it feels like Dear Evan Hansen, like that was just released so long ago for some reason. But I echo Kyle. Have you guys, Abel, Todd, have you seen West Side Story? Yeah, maybe, maybe I think they were within at least twelve months of each other. But yeah. go see West Side Story. It really, if you want to think of the scene of him walking into the gymnasium, the scene of them walking into the gymnasium in West Side Story, that's all one continuous shot. Uh, that pretty much shows like the two skill levels you're working with. Yeah. There's always the movie that kind of ruins the genre for other movies. And I, I'm afraid for anybody who was like, you know, I don't really like musicals. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give this a chance because this is popular. And then they watch it. And this is, you know, versus something like West, the new version of West Side Story or even the old version. Uh, and so, yeah. Uh, but I, I was just, I was interested in talking with you all just because it, you know, it is a, a pivotal piece of pop culture in, in this recent era and it's kind of interesting why <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah but you able todd same thumbs down <laughs> yeah for me thumbs down and it, it's not the music like i said it's the character of evan hansen he's mm-hmm. not likable but he there's that orchard that he can you know visit sure. at any time you know what a terrible ending I, what a terrible <laughs> ending just awful <laughs> Awful. I, so unfulfilling and, uh, you know, pointless uh, at the end of it all, right? Um, I, no, I, like, don't don't watch this movie. Um, you know, I, I I want to I kind of just naturally want to, I don't know, watch the movie. I don't care. Um, you know, let's li- 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 your mother watch the movie. <laughs> I, I really feel like you would... You would, you know, you'd get more out of watching the, you know, an episode of Doogie Howser followed by while you were sleeping. Uh, and then, you know, like maybe the end of Finding Nemo or something, whenever there's the close parent moment. Um, and, and just call that a day. <laughs> let, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. So there, there, uh, I joked about before we, you know, we were setting all of this up that at the last minute, Morbius released on Netflix. And then it would be funny to do kind of a riff on that because I heard it was so terrible. I didn't see it in the theaters. Um, and, you know, I I, I kind of chased Dear Evan Hansen with Morbius, uh, split it up into, into two nights after the fact. And Double feature. By, by comparison, I thought Morbius was pretty good. Um, <laughs> Next week on the podcast, Nate's talking about Morbius. Mor- it's Morbin time. <laughs> well, uh, well, that's I heard what's it. interesting. Comparing this conversation with I two days ago, I listened to the Dirty Dancing podcast, yeah, with you and your wife and your sister in law. And like, you know, that's such a positive movie in terms of cultural impact and strength of performances and music and everything. And y'all just had like this really upbeat, positive conversation. And I think we've just trashed a movie. Yeah, Nate, are you ever gonna have me on for a movie that I like? You know, I, I haven't connected that, but I, cer- I certainly can. So um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. All right, about that. Next week, break in two.
it's <laughs> is it fair to say is it fair to say like it's just not a movie right like the reason the reason morbius started to feel a little bit better right like oh this is something is because it's actually a film right like it was intended to be a film it somebody thought about it like it was a film and at no point in this whole you know two and uh, two hours and whatever minutes like did i feel like somebody had thought about it like it was a, gonna be a movie on a screen is i that can't fair believe to say? this podcast turned into a defense of morbius <laughs> I'm just saying, like I right? Morbius. Like, it's a movie, claims people guess. <laughs> <laughs> and it it potentially feels very unfair to what might have been a phenomenal stage production that I never saw, uh, and and now probably won't ever want to see because yep. of of what yep. this was. No, I think this made the stage production worse for me. Like going back okay. and listening to the soundtrack because I. You know, I can't go watch the stage production again, so I listened to the soundtrack again to try to get myself in that headspace, and it it like kind of tainted that for me. So, mm -hmm. thanks, thanks, Mark Platt. <laughs> well, uh, Kyle, I I don't know if this is a movie that you enjoy, but um, I'm getting excited because uh, the summer's been, especially August and this early September, has been pretty void of new movies or exciting movies in the theater. But um, I thought that it'd be a good time to talk about the 1985 comedy Fletch starring Chevy Chase. Um, believe it or not, I have never seen uh, Fletch before, but I there's a new, it, the third installment, Confess Fletch, starring John Hamm, uh, has just been released. For some reason, uh, I don't think a lot of people know this movie exists uh, for whatever reason. It seems like... A, big franchise and then you know john ham i always like his stuff but i've never seen the original so i thought it'd be a good time to revisit that one so i do you do any of you have any ties to that movie i love fletch i think fletch is amazing and i know they've been trying to do that remake for years they had sudeikis cast for a while who i thought was perfect um but yeah they're kind of just dumping this one on paramount plus right or Peacock. They're just dumping this one on Peacock. So. Oh, yeah. it's. Uh, I saw that it was playing in a local theater here, so I think oh, it's okay. maybe, maybe one of those combination things. But the so. original Fletch, if you haven't seen it, uh, it's great. Yeah. Well, well, now that I know that you like it, I'll make sure not to have you on the podcast to talk about it. No, I'll talk about... You can have me on for the sequel, Fletch Lives, which isn't very good. And I'll bash Fletch Lives. <laughs> That's the one I remember. And I, I, when he gets the house down at the bayou. Yeah. You know, with and that's the only other movie I've ever seen Cleavon Little in from uh, Blazing Saddles. <laughs> I'm upset the Cleavon Little fan base now. <laughs> Shoot. I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to fill all those complaints. Um, <laughs> but, uh, well, I, I appreciate you guys uh, taking the time, uh, especially I know all of you are busy and we all have kids, but this is a lot of fun. Uh, I just want to remind everybody to visit moviesarelife.com for episodes, reviews, and more. Um, don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast. I'm assuming all of you have done that and have encouraged all your friends to do so. So, um, I, I'm telling our, all our listeners to do the same. So, um, anyway, uh, I, I appreciate you guys. 